Happy New Year and welcome back to the Atlanta Foodcast, hosted by Georgia Organics. I'm Mary Elizabeth, Communications Director at Georgia Organics, and I'm glad to welcome you all back to another year of conversations in food with farmers, chefs, community activists, and other leaders. This year has been and continues to be tough in so many ways, but I really hope that hearing from these incredible people will bring you some hope and inspiration. They are the true leaders who are working hard to establish a more equitable and regenerative food system for all Georgians. I thank you for joining us and encourage you to stay local this year and support their work. You can learn more about Georgia Organics and our Stay Local campaign at georgiaorganics.org slash stay local. On today's episode, we're checking in with a farmer chef duo who participated in our Farm to Restaurants Food Fight Georgia initiative. Chef Deborah Van Treese, chef and owner of Twisted Soul Cookhouse and Pours, and Howard Burke, co-owner and farmer at LJ Mushrooms. After that, for our second segment, we're talking to Nicholas Donk and Jenny Gerard of Crystal Organic Farm, a 27-year running certified organic farm in Newborn, Georgia. For Gardening with Farmers this week, Nicholas is sharing his expertise on winter gardening for these cold months. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy the show. First up, Lauren Cox, who manages our Farm to Restaurant program, talks with Chef Deborah Van Treese of Twisted Soul Cookhouse and Pours on the west side of Atlanta, and Howard Burke, co-owner and farmer of LJ Mushrooms in the LJ, Georgia. They talk about their farmer-chef partnership, what the pandemic has meant for their partnership and respective businesses, as well as their participation in the impactful pandemic initiative, Food Fight Georgia. Um, hey everyone from the Atlanta Foodcast. This is Lauren Cox with Georgia Organics. Um, today we're going to be highlighting an awesome relationship between chef and owner of Twisted Soul Kitchen, Deborah Ventries, and Howard Burke, owner and operator of LJ Mushrooms. Um, we're going to be talking with y'all about how folks can stay local and support both of you. Um, let's get started with some introductions. If you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, um, Deborah, we'll start with you. Thanks. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm Chef Deborah Van Trees. I'm the executive chef and owner of Twisted Soul Cookhouse and Pours, located on the west side of Atlanta. West side's the best side, all that stuff, you know. Um, I am in my fifth year um, at this particular location. I do globally inspired soul food um, with an emphasis on um, farm to table. Um, I like to do food that evokes memories. Um, I've traveled a lot, so I like to do food that represents the comfort foods for different cultures, and then just kind of mix it up and meld it with um, the food that I was raised on and brought up um, on, you know, as a child. And, uh, you know, that's it. That's it. You know, we are doing pretty good for all that's going on and, you know, just hope to, to continue to be around. Awesome. Deborah, thanks for being on the show today. So excited to work uh, to have you on here um, after some work we've done with you this year. Um, all right, Howard, I'll let you introduce yourself. Hey, thanks, Lauren. Um, I'm Howard Burke. I am co-owner of LJ Mushrooms. 
Um, we have a pretty amazing mushroom farm up in North Georgia, LJ, Georgia, uh, where we grow or, um, shiitake and oyster mushrooms. Um, we also are playing around with lion's mane and a few other handful of mushrooms. Um, so we just do mushrooms different. And uh, we've been very blessed to work with Georgia Organics and Chef Deborah. Awesome. So excited to have you on, Howard. And I've been working with you a lot this year and have gotten to know you. It's exciting to see um, LJ Mushrooms and a lot of restaurants. Um, could you talk a little bit, Howard, about how you got to meet uh, Chef Deborah and um, how long y'all have been working together? I understand well, it, it's been a little bit. Yeah, it goes way, way back. Um, it goes back. Back to like February 2019, um, I was at the uh, Taste of Georgia, which the Georgia Restaurant Association puts on with Georgia Grown um, to have some local restaurants um, and chefs serve up their foods. Um, we were one of the only non-restaurant restaurants. I had actually had Marlowe's Chef Ben and Chef Anthony um, cook my mushrooms and make them look better than <laughs> I do. So it was good to showcase it. And uh, Chef Deborah came around and tasted it and we hit it off from there. Uh, and then it's been an amazing partnership um, ever since. She's an amazing woman and chef. Oh, thank you. Aww. Um, so Deborah, at Twisted Soul, you use um, mushrooms. What, which mushrooms are you using of Elegy's? Um, I use the shiitake and I use the oyster. Um, for why we just use the shiitake, um, and then just to go back on what he said, so it was, it was like his mushrooms were mind blowing. Okay. They were absolutely amazing. And, you know, I don't know that I had actually focused or tasted a mushroom that was, you know, fresh and so full of flavor, you know, but that is what attracted me, um, to using the mushroom itself is that the flavor was outstanding. And I can remember it was just a burst of flavor from a sip of cream of mushroom soup using the shiitake. Um, we you know, exchanged numbers and a lot of times things like that happen, but you don't follow up on it. But we both made sure we followed yeah. up. Um, we started with the shiitakes um, and I've done all kinds of things with them, you know. Um, I am not a restaurant, but I always try to offer vegan selections um, on my menu. And my preference is for them not to, if I'm going to do something that's vegan, I want to use fresh vegetables. I don't particularly care for processed items. Um, you know, to me, the vegetables themselves, if they're good, speak. They speak a language that you can't get anywhere else. You know, you definitely can't get it from processed food. Um, so we have used his mushrooms in as, as, you know, ingredients and dishes. We've used them as sides, the main uh, component of a side. And, you know, we've actually used them often um, as the entree itself. Um, so pretty much since we started doing business, um, the vegan dishes on our menu always include his mushrooms. And we're thankful for that. Thank you for so words. <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, so you guys have had this really um, great, equally, you know, enjoyable, exciting, and kind of 
um, just like all around great experience with each other. I know that this year has been a crazy year for farmers and chefs. Um, Deborah, could you talk a little bit about where you know you see the evolution of the farmer-chef relationship um, in the time of COVID, what you've seen um, and uh, maybe where you see it moving in the future past, past the pandemic um, okay. that. um, well, I think, you know, first of all, it, at, at a point, you know, the food chain in the United States completely shut down. It broke down really, really bad early on. And, you know, we were, you know, if you were open as a restaurateur, you were finding it difficult to get a hold of products that you just took for granted. Um, and, the only options you had at that point was, you know, your, your relationship with a local farmer. You know, that was what we all had to start leaning upon. You know, it was no more, oh, just call Cisco. You know, let's just call them up and have them deliver. It's, it just shut down from, from poultry to, you know, to meat, to, to vegetables, you know, so, it, for me, was a very, very big eye-opener um, in terms of how important the relationship you know, was between myself as a restaurateur, as a chef, and, you know, the local farmers. Um, and I realized even, you know, myself that I didn't have enough connections. You know, you, you slowly build the connections, you know, but a lot of it we took for granted. Okay, I'll get to them. And it didn't happen. And you know, it, it left us very, very vulnerable. You know, so now I do um, use more of the local farmers than before. Um, I do follow up when I meet them and see what they have to offer. Um, I'm not just blowing smoke anymore and putting something else, you know, ahead of that because that was the system that actually saved us, you know, is the relationship with farmers. Um, we went to uh, all types of different pivots during COVID. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one that was most important that we found was to be able to offer customers fresh, local grown vegetables. Um, it was really important because at a point you couldn't walk into a grocery store and find anything on a shelf. So it was just of major importance. Um, and it's made me you know, moving forward, understand that my relationships have to continue to be strong, you know, with our local farmers. Um, it's a win-win for both sides when that happens. Um, and I think, you know, we all as restaurateurs have learned that in the future, how important, you know, our farmers are to the food chain of the United States of America, you know? So what, what I was saying is, I think that what you, what you were saying too, what I was hearing you say is there's some accountability there yes, and there's a lot of communication. And so yeah. while the systems were breaking down logistically um, because there is this communication between the restaurant and the farmer, you were able to uh, react a little more, um, a little more than, you you were uh, you were able to have some influence on the way you could control these factors yeah. that were up in the air. Yeah, right? I had something to fall, not you know, 
and I guess that's not a great way of saying it, but it is true. Yeah. I had something to fall back on. You know, you know I, it's like I didn't need the big the big box warehouses. Yeah. I had something to fall back on. And it was important to me also to fall back on them to ensure that they were okay and could continue yeah. to provide us with what we needed. That was a big help for us during that time period um, of fogginess, so to speak. It's, it was it was great to have the support of the restaurants that were opening and 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 still pushing through, um, but also you know that money coming in was super helpful for us. One of our challenges during that time was we didn't want to overgrow or undergrow so that we couldn't provide the chefs. Um, XYZ amount of pounds, you know, based upon demand, because some weeks we were short, some weeks we were way over. Um, but what we started to do during that time of, um, I guess, confusion or not which way to go, or I don't know what the word is people use nowadays, but we, 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 took, we took it and ran with it. And then we started to see a bunch of chefs around town um, taking their personal time to cook for uh, the first responders and frontline workers. And we called them up and said, can we donate mushrooms? If you're going to go through the effort and cook, we'll give you the extra mushrooms we have. Um, one, it's kind of one of what we do as a company. We love to give back. My partners and I, that's one of our things that we will always do. Um, and then two, it helps feeds uh, the people that need it, um, that are in, you know, help give them some healthy, good nutrient food. Um, and we're it just worked out perfectly for that. And we've continued to do that still. Yeah. And um, also part of you giving back, um, I, that leads us perfectly into talking about Food Fight. I know you were both involved in Food Fight, um, Ella J and Twisted Soul Kitchen. Um, Howard, can you just tell us a little bit about that program for <coughs> those who don't know about it? Um, yeah. yeah. So uh, the Georgia Food Fight um, program that we are fortunate to be part of, um, being part of Georgia Organics, um, Georgia Organics did the amazing hard work to put uh, us farmers in touch with um, 10 or 15 different local restaurants around town um, that we could go ahead and provide them, you know, for us, in some cases, it could have been, you know, 50 to 75 pounds a week of shiitake and oyster mushrooms. Um, to Twisted Soul and, you know, Chef Deborah's team so that they could have um, easy, accessible, freshly harvested fruit and vegetables, mushrooms. Um, for us, it, it's per personally satisfying for them to be able to have that nutrient food, you know, especially with mushrooms they have great vitamin D in it. Right now you need vitamin D in your system to help build it up. Um, with everything going on. Um, and then also given these restaurant workers and these amazing teams and restaurants, and, and it got not just to, you know, servers, it got to every part of the restaurant from back staff to hostess to dishwashers to everybody on the team was able to get that fresh food that we're able to provide weekly um, through Georgia Organics and the uh, Georgia Food Fight. It was, it was amazing. Um, it also really helped us at the farm because it gave us extra income coming in, um, which one of our goals was to try not to lay off anybody at our farm. Um, being in rural Georgia, 
um, it's hard to find a good team. Um, and we have a really good small team and we did everything we could to keep them employed and give them hours. And we didn't have to lay anybody off. Um, during some of the times, there was a couple of weeks where they went next door um, to help out one of our vineyards, um, which was great teamwork. They were all up and happy for it. And then they came back to the farm. We came up with some COVID projects like building a deck for our oyster platform. Um, so we were trying to be creative and, and, and use that those funds that were coming in through Georgia Food Fight to help keep the business afloat, keep our team there so that they could provide for their families as well. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's really awesome to hear that you were able to keep your staff on um, and kind of have something a little support income wise through food fight. Deborah, mm -hmm. yeah, like talking about food fight, I know that um, this was the first time maybe that you had done any work with Georgia Organics and um, just wanted to talk about your experience with it. I know that you did recipes for your employees. And I also wanna highlight that some restaurants chose not to do this. We had approached some restaurants and they chose not to do it because it is work mm -hmm. for the restaurants too. So I just want to talk about that briefly and how your experience was with it. Um, our experience was extremely positive. Um, you know, when, you know, when COVID first hit, one of the first things that we did was start feeding, you know, our employees. That was day one, pretty much. Okay. What, what do we do with our food? Let's like cook up some food and at least the employees can have it, you know, and take it because we didn't know what was happening, how it was going to happen, how long it was going to happen. Um, you know, along with doing things with our community. Um, it was really nice for Georgia Organics to approach us. It was actually an amazing thing uh, because sometimes you get so busy helping others, you don't help yourself. And, you know, that was um, the door that opened so that, you know, like even me, I don't, I don't eat right. You know, I'm so busy sometimes doing things for everybody else, you know, that I don't take the time to, you know, as my family says, I don't take care of myself. Um, you know, also to have it, because basically, yes, it was work, but you were hand delivering, you know, sustenance to our door. You know, so that's way better than Instacart, okay? And, you know, we had someone who, you know, made money off of putting the packages together, you know, and the the excitement on our employees' faces, you know, was amazing. And it was an educational opportunity because a lot of these people, you know, who work with me, they could have cared less about whether they're eating uh, organic food or not. They, it just... You know, it's more expensive. I'm not doing that, you know, but they got to make the comparison, you know, because now you've experienced, you know, what the organic food tastes like, how fresh it is, even how long um, the shelf life was, how long it would last in the refrigerator. It was absolutely amazing. Um, and we had fun with it. You know, we had fun with it. We had, you know, things, things I was turned on to I'd never seen before. You know, and just researching and figuring out, okay, what do we do with this? What can we do with this? And, you know, I'll be honest, how long has it been? It's been, what, a few months since it ended? 
I yep. still have like, you know, like a month and a half. Yeah. I still got a couple of things in the fridge that, <laughs> you know, yeah, that are still fine, you know, that are still fine. So, you know, you can't go to a store and get that, let alone the stores didn't have it anyway. Um, and it was, you know, just, we thank you. We thank you because it was heartwarming. It, you know, not only provided actual fuel for us, it was something that mentally, you know, it, it made us feel good that someone was paying attention to us and making sure we were okay. You know, um, he said, you know, Howard, you know, we all, we were feeding first responders, you know, doing everything, but not taking care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was really, really nice for someone to do something, you know, for us, you know, as, as chefs, as people in this industry, we're always being asked what we can do Mm -hmm. For others, there's the ask are long all day long. Um, and, you know, this time someone thought about what they could do for us. So it was greatly appreciated. Yeah, one of the other, that's well said, Chef. Um, we agree with that too, because the team at Georgia Organics, like I was saying, just put this together and, and made it happen. Um, uh, some of, I live in Brookhaven still because my babies just went to college so I still in Atlanta and go back to Ella J all the time but we were able to get um, some of the word of mouth restaurants in um, in the program towards the end and it, it was amazing to see the reaction you know of some of the chefs or waiters that we know um, see them outside of the office the, the restaurant and they are just raving about all the different foods they're getting from different farmers um, and also from a farm standpoint from us um, it allowed us to build new relationships mm -hmm. with different chefs around town that we didn't have the relationship already with, um, like the deer and the dove um, and, and uh, Empire State South. So these places that we didn't have the relationship with, now we're building a new relationship with the chef and team. So it, it's been an amazing program and the hard work that you and your team put in has definitely paid off for us. Yeah, game changer, especially this year. And I did owe on that because I also, you know, got exposed to farmers that I I weren't was not familiar with, and I still have ongoing relationships with them. Where every every week I still order from them, um, and it's because of that program, you know, that it made it made it easy for me. You know, it made it extremely easy to know. Okay, I've got this group of farmers right here that I can pull from. Yeah, she always texts me like three in the morning where they asking about mushrooms. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Uh oh. To get the text to get the text, you know, each week when I uh, text Chef Deborah saying, you know, my fingers are always crossed. Can we bring you mushrooms this week? And then when we get a yes reply, that always puts a smile on our face and you know it it it, it warms our heart that we get to know that our food's included in her amazing menu. That's really awesome. Um, can you all hear me? Yes. <laughs> Miracle. Um, so yeah, we're talking about supporting and y'all have supported each other and we're, George Organics is so happy to support y'all. Can we go, um, maybe we'll start with Deborah and then finish with Howard about anything exciting and new you want 
customers to know, your clients to know about Twisted Soul Kitchen um, coming through the winter, if you have any special events or anything, um, how they can support you and why it's important to support you. Because if I know we're going into, we see a light at the end of the tunnel, hopefully, but it's been a really hard year. Cannot emphasize enough that these people care so much about what they do and we can we need to support y'all uh, monetarily. Um, and so you could just talk about that and then we'll go with Howard after that. All right. Well, what I know we want people to know is that it's still rough. We're still struggling. Um, you know, we were on a bit of an uptick and had our rhythm going, you know, right before Thanksgiving and, you know, all of a sudden things have come to like a screeching halt and we are seeing business drop again. Um, I'm sure it's because people want to be extra cautious. Um, I watch the news too, um, but, you know, we still have carry out, you know, so please, please, you know, and, and if you need curbside pickup, we're, we're willing to bring it up. We're willing to do whatever we have to do to get the business in so that we can survive. Um, you know, we also, you know, I, I want people to know that, you know, it's, I know it's a bit of a hassle, but if you can get out and drive and just pick it up, um, it's better for all of us. You know, the, the third party apps are killing us. They're killing us with the fees. And it's, it's quite unfortunate, um, you know, that a lot of us have been forced to use them just to try to keep our doors open. Um, so just know when we do, when you do use it, and I know some people that's the best you can, and we we take that, we take that, you know. But when you can, just come right through and grab your food and just take it with you. Um, then more of that money, um, the the restaurant actually does see than they do when you use a third party app. And um, you know, I'm looking forward to. I have my first cookbook coming out, the Twisted Soul Cookbook. Uh -huh. um, it's, it's, I'm super, super excited. It's being published by Rizzoli and you can uh, pre-order now on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles and Target. And yeah. I am super, super excited. Not seeing the bound book. I can't wait. Uh, but the book's um, release will be actually uh, March of next year. And it's still on track to, uh, to work out the way it's supposed to. So even that for me is an accomplishment because I had to finish this cookbook, you know, during COVID. And for a while I was afraid, oh my God, you know, we've gotten stuck, you know, and we, we pulled it off. We were able to pull it off. So. It's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And how many days a week are you open? For uh, we're open. We're closed Mondays and Tuesdays. Um, and we're open, you know, the rest of the week, you know, our hours are a little bit shorter. Uh, we've put a lot of things in place, you know, more so than what we've heard most restaurateurs in the entire country have done. Uh, we have the UV system that is uh, cleansing the air that's circulating. We have, uh, plexiglass partitions. Um, also the tables are separated, you know, uh, six feet apart. Uh, just every little thing, every little detail, there's sanitizer on every table, you know, your napkins are rolled in plastic, your food is covered um, as it's coming to your table, so nobody could possibly sneeze on it or breathe on it on the way there. Um, so 
you know, if you are looking to go out and, and eat, um, you know, we think we've done a pretty good job of making, you know, it safe as possible um, during these times. Awesome. Thanks, Deborah. Howard, we'd love to hear from you about any projects you have. We are continuing to push forward. Um, we are doing some build out at the farm so we can add more greenhouses when needed. Um, I'm a big believer in just, you know, knowing that everybody's going to get through this eventually um, and not to kind of be scared in a sense of business wise. We're just going to push forward and, um, and hope that's the right move. Uh, we just built a new compost facility. So we're getting, getting closer to that zero waste. Um, so when our mushrooms logs are done growing that we can use them, um, turn them into compost and our local farmers can put them into their fields um, and expand to grow different types of mushrooms. Um, we're just really pushing to try to expand our reach and um, get into more restaurants, get into different shelves at different stores. Um, and then in 2024, I know it's a little bit a ways, but we're going to end up having a you pick mushroom farm like nobody's business. Oh, we're going to have some type of like mushroom yoga and all these fun things to kind of go up there with the apple um, you picks up there, but it's going to be you pick uh, mushrooms. And one of the things we're going to do with that is really focus on education um, in the Georgia schools and have a education area and have some type of curriculum where the kids from different school could come learn about growing and give them a tour. So those are the things we're working towards in 2024, January 10th. On my birthday is the opening day. Um, <clears throat> um, and the way we can be supported, um, you can go to lajmushrooms.com and you could pick up mushrooms in Brookhaven or at the farm. But what we'd really love is to go to the restaurants that buy our mushrooms and support these chefs. Um, and our list should be finalized up on our website at lajmushrooms.com. And you could see what restaurants, especially Twisted Soul. So you could go there and ask for some extra shiitakes or oyster mushrooms and uh, it'll be both amazing and you'll have a very happy belly. That's awesome. Can y'all hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, mushroom you pick sounds so fun for children of all ages. Yes. So, um, well, thank you both so much. Thank you, Deborah Vantrese of Twisted Soul Kitchen um, in Atlanta. And thank you, Howard Burke of LJ Mushrooms up in LJ, Georgia. Please, everyone who's listening, go out and support your farmers and your chefs and your restaurants that are farmer champions. Your money, um, you know, your money is important and you can vote with your fork. So just remember that, stay local and tune into Georgia Organics for more um, amazing information about that moving forward. Thank you all. Thank you both. Thank you, thanks. Next up, Gardening with Farmers where we hear from the real experts, the farmers around the state of Georgia whose expertise and hard-earned knowledge can help your at-home fruit and vegetable gardens thrive. Hi, this is Nicholas, the farmer at Crystal Organic Farm, and some of the growing tips I'd like to share with you uh, for the winter months is if you have any fig trees or blueberries or any kind of fruit trees, obviously this is a good time to prune your trees and to fertilize them. A uh, second thing to do is that I like to do this time of year is I like to 
get my potatoes ordered, figured out where I want to plant them. So this is one of the very first things to go in the ground, as well as uh, onions. I start my, my onions usually October 15th and then I transplant them into the ground. We actually just transplanted them in little clumps. I, I started my the onion seeds and I plant four or five together in a little cell. And once those have grown up big enough, then I transplant them outside in one of our high tunnels, but it doesn't have to be a high tunnel, in little clumps again. And once they've grown enough and they become sets, as they call onion sets, you can transplant them individually into your garden space. So th those are the things that I, uh, I'm working on now. Uh, you can do your onions and your leeks that way, but those are some of the very first things that you, uh, you plant. Another thing that I don't plant much of, but it's also time to start considering planting peas, sugar snap peas and English peas. So you may want to consider getting seeds of those and uh, get your garden ready for that. For our last segment, we're talking to Nicholas Donk and Jenny Gerard of Crystal Organic Farm. Nicholas established Crystal Organic Farm over 27 years ago, and the 175-acre farm, located about an hour outside of Atlanta, has been certified organic ever since. We talked about how their business has and continues to evolve, from serving some of Atlanta's most renowned chefs, to being a founding member of the Morningside Farmers Market, to now offering COVID-safe on-farm pickups, homeopathic offerings, and stress-relieving farm tours. We hope you enjoy the conversation. All right, well, I'm glad to be sitting down via Zoom, of course, with Jenny Gerard and Nicholas Donk of Crystal Organic Farm in Newborn, Georgia. Hi, y'all, welcome. Hi. Hey. Thanks for having us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I'm excited to catch up with y'all. I know you've got a lot going on, um, kind of adjusting to the pandemic, and also you've been at this for quite a while. So I'm excited to hear about kind of your expertise. And um, let's start with just some introductions. If y'all can give us a little background on on you and and your background in farming. Okay. Well, um, this is Nicholas, and uh, I started farming in 1993. Um, I started farming at Chris Organic Farm, did not have any prior farming experience other than uh, growing up. My mother had a large vegetable garden mm -hmm. at the same place where I farm now. And that's where, uh, where Chris Organic Farm kind of started. I moved from Belgium in 1982 when I was 16 years old. And from that point on, I was helping her gardening. Yeah. I wasn't really necessarily enjoying it uh, because I was young and uh, <laughs> I had to do it very early on Saturday mornings or on Sunday mornings when I much rather sleep. And uh, I left the house and have an international business degree from the University of Georgia. Yeah. And I tried, I tried the business world for a little while, but then I realized it wasn't really for me. Sure. And then I um, just uh, I was talking to a friend about, you know, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I think I was like 23 or 24. Yeah. And, uh, and eventually, and I said, uh, eventually I'd like to have a farm. And then like a little light turned on in my head, uh, realizing that I had a farm at my mom's. And yeah. so I, I kind of cleaned up the garden that was uh, left on its own for quite a few years because my younger brother had also moved out and uh, she wasn't able to keep it up on her own. And I kind of cleaned it up. I um, grabbed the tools we had and I started really small. Wow. Uh, some food, selling it to Sevenanda and some, some random people that wanted it. 
Um, we yeah, actually still have a customer. We still have a customer that buys our food that bought food from me way back then. Wow. Uh, and, um, and yeah, and so over time, over the course of, uh, what is it now? 27 years. 27 years. <laughs> yeah. You, uh, you know, it's grown <laughs> into what it is today. Um, yeah, and um, it's a year-round farm, certified organic ever since 90, 1993. Wow, so, wow. The whole time certified. That's amazing. The whole time has been certified organic. Yeah. It was actually certified organic in 1986. My mom certified it through uh, the Georgia Grower Organic Association. That's when Georgia, the state, the, the GOGA, it was called at the time, was yeah. certifying farms on their own. Yeah. And then uh, and in 90, when I started in 93, 94, GOGA, so the Georgia Organic Growers Association, was still certifying farms. Yeah. But then it became a federal certification. And... Um, Goga, if they wanted to continue, had to be accredited by USDA, and they chose not to. Then yeah. we went. That's when a lot of us at the time um, jumped and used uh, the certification program of uh, the Florida Organic Growers. Yeah. And that was yeah. QCS, the Quality Service QCS Quality. I don't know what it stands for. Uh, quality control. <laughs> Qualities. I don't know. Certification <laughs> services, quality oh, services. Oh, there we go. Okay. They certify yeah. for more than just organic. And so we jumped with them. And so that, that was in the, uh, the mid 90s. Wow. And we've been certified through them ever since then. Yeah. And so that's been yeah. what, uh, what I've done for the last 27 years and um, raised a couple kids on the farm. They've grown and moved on. And um, you know, Jenny is uh, with, uh, with me for the last uh, six years. And uh, yeah. well, she can tell you about that. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. I'll share a little bit of my story, not nearly as long as Nicholas in farming. Um, so my background is in sales and marketing, fashion merchandising. Yeah. Um, and 2014, I decided to walk away from that industry, my job in that industry in sales. And I've been buying food from Nicholas's farm, his CSA for years. Yeah. Um, I'm driving about an hour each way to pick up food from his farm. And so I happened to have his number, didn't really know him, asked him, if he needed some part-time help on the farm that I wanted to learn and he did that was on a Saturday I went to work with him on a Monday yeah. um, maybe the rest is history as they yeah. say <laughs> um, I learned and um, I left his farm for a year or crystal organic farm and went and managed another organic farm for a year gained a lot of experience in that sense having not really had any experience just maybe six months at crystal organic um, and over that time we you know fell in love and um, developed our relationship through our love of farming, our lots of mutual interests, you know, and so I went back to Crystal Organic um, to be with him and help him, you know, expand and run that. And um, I have, in the meantime, I've gone to school. I'm a homeopath, so to study homeopathy. I'm a studying herbalist now as well. And so my passion really lies in the medicinal part of food which all food is yeah. medicine as we know but also growing like medicinal plants um and that aspect of the farm so that's something over the last few years and we can get into it deeper later but just that we um that i feel like i really brought to the farm to expand into medicinal herbs and add to yeah. the vegetable fruit flower production on the farm um there's a huge demand for it um absolutely to grow them yeah. <laughs> um, and so yeah it, it, yeah that was my journey into farming or is my continuing journey. 
So. Yeah, that's incredible. And I love that you've also melded it with a wellness journey too. Um, that's amazing. I, I want to come back to that. And I also definitely want to come back to talking, to, talking about farming as a couple. I think that's so interesting. But, you know, first I'd love to hop back to you, Nicholas, and just tell us a little bit about the trajectory. I mean, you've been doing this organically for so long. And then two, this year has upended everything. So tell us a little bit about maybe where you were as of February, 2020, you know, what were you growing? What, you know, how has Crystal Organic Farm grown as this, you know, longtime organic farm? And then let's get in, let's talk about this year and, and adjustments that y'all have made. Okay, um, well, so when I started in the uh, mid nineties, there weren't many local farms. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people that I was, you know, working with, that my colleagues, I guess at the time, were all elderly people, and they mm-hmm. were retired, and it was truly just kind of like a, a hobby job. It wasn't necessarily something that they would consider a career. I was truly one of the only ones at the time, and so I started really small, and I grew the farm slowly every year. I I call it self-finance, so I never took out a loan initially mm-hmm. to build high tunnels or to buy a tractor or do certain things. I just kind of like made some money and reinvested it, made some money, reinvested it. Yeah. And there were, even in the 19, there were some great restaurants that I just knocked on their doors and uh, mm-hmm. they, were very mm-hmm. into, uh, they were very keen into buying local food. Yeah. And so surely, but um, it all happened kind of slow, but um uh, Gunter Seeger was a very, it's a world famous chef. Yeah, it yeah. is one. And Anko Toronto was also uh, a chef that was a huge supporter for, uh, for, for us initially. Sure. And, uh, and so it slowly built. And then I st- we st- I'm a founding farmer of the Morningside Farmers Market. Yeah. That started in 94. And uh, even there, uh, I remember making two, three hundred dollars on a Saturday and being so excited that yeah. I sold that much food. And when we left the market earlier this year because of the pandemic, mm-hmm. we, would, we would make sell so much more food, and so yeah. our farm yeah. kind of grew as the as the market grew, our farm grew as well. Sure. And, uh, and so, it, initially, for the last for the first well, good twenty three years or so, we we dealt. Uh, I went to the farmers market, and I would deal with restaurants. Yeah. Uh, direct sales to restaurants, but I would send them an email and they would reply and I would deliver and they would pay me and I would deliver. Mm-hmm. And so, but uh, over time, more and more small farms uh, are around now. And so we would all go and knock on the same door. Yeah. Same yeah. Door. And so I found that it was something that was still very, I was still wanted to do it. But the, the chefs, I found out that they really want to support all local farms and so our sales from one particular restaurant would go down so that they can buy some more from another farm. Yeah, and so yeah. About, um, when was it? Uh, it was not this year, but maybe last year, beginning of last year, we decided to sell more to a company called Fresh Harvest. Yeah, absolutely. We and just so looked we, uh, Zach for, an, inter- for a, uh, an episode of this. Yeah. Yeah, so Zach is great. And he even contacted me about five, six years ago. And I said, no, I deal with restaurants. I'm really happy. Yeah. Uh, I don't want another customer because really the way this works is ever since I started farming, the selling has never been the issue. It's the growing mm-hmm. that's the difficult part. And mm-hmm. so in order to sell some food to Zach, I had to take food away from this restaurant and that restaurant. 
but then we did decide to jump in and, and sell to Zach and we realized how well how nice and great his company is to be honest yeah. how he was growing so fast and and so we actually decided to um, discontinue our direct selling to restaurants uh-huh. and, and our wholesale would only go through the turnip truck, which now has yep. been uh, as closed, but he would sell the restaurant. So yeah. I would bring food and he would resell it to restaurants. And so we didn't do the direct to uh, restaurant uh, system anymore. We sold to the turnip truck and then fresh harvest and over, over the last two years, especially with the, uh, with the pandemic, Fresh Harvest's demand has gone way, way up because his business has grown so much too. And so we're really focusing a lot on providing him with the best food possible for his customers. Well, we promote him on our social media and we tell our customers in Atlanta to contact them. And so we were, we're really focused on, on providing food for, for them. Uh, and then we uh, started our online store in, um, I guess it was April? March. March. Yeah, uh, when yeah, COVID yeah. really started, um, it's not something that it's something we, we left the market, and it, it was definitely um, one of the reasons mm-hmm. that I, we wanted to leave the market. But you also have to understand that I have been going to market every Saturday for over 20 yeah. years. Yeah, and so it, I love we love the customers and the people we've met, and we've made some great friends there, but just the quality of life just not having a Saturday because the way I tell people is that you work five days and you work very hard. Well, the sixth day, which is Saturday is actually your longest day of the week and really, really drains you. And it really got to me more and more as I got a little older. Yeah. So the opportunity kind of showed itself that, well, this COVID, we don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. We don't know if we have to shut the market down. We Mm -hmm. decided to be proactive. And with Jenny's help, she really did all of this. We, um, she opened the online store and we found that that to be an avenue that was just as reliable as going to the market, but it, it, we didn't have to get up at 4.30 in the morning on a Saturday. Yeah. And uh, that to me was a huge change. It's something that I really had forgotten what a weekend looks like. Yeah. And so yeah. I realized that, I mean, for both of us, but I know for myself that the, um, that the weekend actually became a weekend. Uh, I really yeah. enjoyed it. And in, in the meantime, we have decided to, not going to go back to market um, just because um, yeah quality of life and that's yeah something that's that's very important i'm sure you may have heard that from other farmers is this is this is a more than a full-time job and yeah um, planning quality of life and that's i have to say jenny really been the the like the the enforcer of that because i mm-hmm. could work all the time um, <laughs> Yes. I can, you I can, need an enforcer, a rest enforcer. Of, oh. yes. I, I do. I do need that. I really needed that. Yeah. And, uh, and so, um, because it's, it can be totally consumed. And, you yeah. know, I tell people that, the, you know, the number one hobby in the world is gardening. Not just the vegetable gardening, but flower gardening or just being in your garden, being outside, playing with dirt. And so that's what I do for a living. So it's somewhat yeah. of a hobby slash, you know, major uh, job as well but sure it's something that i, I enjoy yeah um, yeah so it's, it's, it's sometimes it's considered work and it's a little too much but it's something that i truly enjoy and so when, when we decided to do this and jenny really being on me about hey you just gotta you know let me just do this you just take saturday off just be at home read a book and it's really kind of changed my yeah it's really something that i had to do um and for myself and um yeah 
And I'm so, so interested. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's really how it's, it's kind of changed. COVID definitely had something to do with it, but it's something we had talked about prior to COVID. Yeah, uh, yeah. Prior to the pandemic starting, we had, we like, you know, what can we do? I mean, do we continue doing the market? It's, we're, we do so well there. It's very good. We love our customers. So, yeah, we're going to mm -hmm. do it. And so when, when the pandemic started and the, the uncertainty of the market was somewhat up in the air, um, and now with the internet and online shopping being such a, a big movement, we jumped on it and uh, yeah. we did. Do you want anything yeah. to add? Yeah, so that's kind of how, how it's been going. Yeah, it's so interesting. And I think it's very important that, that through this, through the, the frustrations and challenges of this year with the pandemic, um, you know, y'all used this, and, I, and I've seen it with some of the other farmers and farmer members in our network, you know, you have to use this as a moment to, to the inevitable word is pivot, to change your operations, to, to meet the challenge. And I think it's, I think it's so powerful that part of, part of your pivot also allowed for a little bit more rest. I mean, that's something that, that I, you know, see our farmers is it's, it's just incessant. And yes, they're passionate about the work that they're doing and, and believe in the healthy food that they're, that they're providing, but you know, they don't get any, they don't get a, they don't get any downtime. Um, and like you're saying too, and I'd love if you just walk through, like, I want to make sure that our listeners understand, you know, the commitment of market of, you know, what, what did you, you had to get up at what, 4.30? I'm sure you Yeah, for the, they, they started around 4.30, you go and load up the, the truck, um, and then you, you drive to town, you get there an hour before, you set up. Market, uh, our market ended at 11.30. Mm -hmm. You really don't leave the market until 12.30, so by the time you get some lunch, you don't get home till sometimes we would meet, yeah, we would meet with other farmers and make it a social location. Uh, we wouldn't get home till two or three. And so before you know it, you have a 10. And then 10. you do farm chores. And then you get to the farm and you still have to do farm chores and get ready for next week. And just kind of like, yeah, so it's a 12 hour day and that's a Saturday. And so it, it really, it didn't, basically Saturday night wasn't much of a night. So you couldn't do anything Friday night because you have to get up so early. And then Saturday night, over the years, we both got really tired. <laughs> so we couldn't do anything Saturday night. And so that leaves you Sunday as a day of rest and even then there's chores to be done at the farm so there really sure. wasn't there was never a uh, have you all been able to continue doing part, part, part of it? that's okay <laughs> i knew the dog would interrupt um have you all been able to maintain doing farm tours or has that also stopped with covid well you want to take that you mean farm chores Tours. Oh, chores, chores, chores. Yeah, I guess that has kind of stopped. Not that we're opposed to it. Um, we have, um, we haven't really had anybody ask, um, but um, I guess we haven't really done any. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. what, was cool, what I'll add to some of this is just during the pandemic, especially when Georgia shut down, like the state, we saw our sales probably like triple in the farm store. Um, we had tons of customers from the market in Atlanta drive out. And also our local community really stepped up in support. And we're in very rural Georgia. We're an hour outside of Atlanta. Um, and we saw the local people step up as well. And what was really cool during all this is that we gave them, the entire property is 175 acres. And so we really gave um, the people when they came out to pick up their farm store order the opportunity to go for a walk or a hike. 
with their family, with their friends. Um, you can't help but social distance because you're outside and it's 175 acres. And so especially people in the cities really appreciated that space that we were offering for them. So not like official tours, but we, everybody, when they come to pick up from the farm store on Friday, Friday or Saturday, have the opportunity to walk around, walk through the high tunnels, see the food. We have a wonderful like half mile walk to the creek on the property. We have a field that has crystals in it where the name comes from. So you can hike to, the, to that field and find crystals. And just, we gave them this kind of outdoor sanctuary, if you will, when everybody was kind of shut into their homes in the city. So um, that, that was- That sounds incredible, yeah. That was a nice opportunity and connection. And people were really grateful for that, mm -hmm. you know, during yeah. that. So. <laughs> Well, I also just wanted to add, so so the the farm store initially was, we were really busy. Now it's it's really leveled to a, to a size that we really enjoy. Mm -hmm. But another, another company that I feel like I, I should I should mention, it's called uh, their Garnish and Gather. They yeah, do, yeah they, absolutely. They do meal kits. And uh, we've been selling to them for a long time. Their business has also grown. But mm -hmm. not going to market, we'd actually, we can really supply some of the quantities they actually require. Mm -hmm. So yeah. in the past, they would, they would want 100 pounds of kale, for example. When mm -hmm. we go to the market, I could tell them, oh, okay, well, I can, I can sell you 30 pounds. Yeah. When I go to the market now, I can actually provide them with 100 pounds of kale. And so our relationship there, too, has, has really flourished. And uh, we promote each other quite well. Yeah. Then he does. And uh, they're, they're, they're <laughs> great. They're, um, when the great ladies over there, uh, I mean, Emily and, and Rachel and uh, the woman I talked to mostly, they're really fantastic. And I feel like they do a really good job promoting local farms. Uh, yes, as well. absolutely. So, and their meal kit. And so I really enjoy working with them. Because we're, great. We're Talk a little bit about how, and especially Jenny, with you kind of being, having the marketing expertise that you do, making this transition from market to on-farm sales or online farm sales. Um, you know, what was important in the, I guess, in the marketing and promotion of that to ensure that you could, you know, carry over some of those market customers to come and see you guys and like, you know, to, to then have them as kind of this captive audience on the farm to explore and be hiking what were some of those marketing and maybe it's like social media, um, anything that really, that really helped in making that transition? Cause that's a big transition. And I know a lot of, a lot of other, um, or a lot of small farmers and maybe younger farmers in our network would be interested in doing that, but maybe just don't know quite which steps to take to transition to, to kind of the farm stand on farm approach and how you get those customers to come to you. I would say I pulled from a lot of different avenues. So we had our um, our website for years, and so people could sign up for our newsletter on there. So I had a yeah. database of a few hundred people from that. Yeah. Um, I also had our local farm box, is what we called it, CSA program that's been around uh -huh. like eight to ten years or so. Um, so we had you know maybe seventy five hundred people on that list that we had connected yeah. with, and then. Um, before we left market, we actually, um, for a couple of weeks, we put up a sign at market that said, you know, we're going to be transitioning to this online source. I think we mm -hmm. did it in two weeks. So we had a sign up. They could take a picture. It had a link to the farm store. Great. Um, yeah. More info. So we let everybody know a couple of weeks ahead of time. And then the marketing, yeah. the market manager at Morningside, Brian, who would send out the weekly newsletter for the market. He also, we had him include our farm store on there. So all yeah. I mean, that went to, you know, hundreds of people from the market database, probably a thousand. 
And so they could um, click from that market email or the Morningside market email and then go directly to our farm store and shop with instructions and things. Yeah. So we kind of pulled from all of those directions. It did take definitely um, social media, Instagram mostly, Facebook, like doing kind of um, sample videos of how, like here's how you shop the store and they can watch mm, like yeah. how to do it, add to cart. There's a lot of customer service that went into it that we didn't have to do before. You know, you're at market, you sell the food, that's it. But this way there's a lot more details in customer service, a lot more emails, a lot more personal phone calls and text messages, which I'm sure yeah, you can yeah. to when you're like doing all the farm things and then you're also got all of the, you know, the customer service aspect to deal with. It becomes a bit more on the back end of that. Yes. Um, but yeah. overall, I think it's all now everybody's kind of in the rhythm. I mean, we're nine or 10 months into it. So, um, yeah. and would you, yeah. would you say y'all have your regulars? Yeah, for sure. Too? Yeah. 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 That's regular. great. Um, like he mentioned, it's at a number that's really manageable now. So when it spiked, when the state of Georgia closed down for those weeks, we spiked so high that we were taking two days just to pack all of the orders. You know, we had over a hundred orders a week we were trying to fulfill. And when you're bagging individually and one order could be a hundred dollars, I mean, that's a lot of work. And so now we're at a number that's much more manageable and easy for us. Um, I continue to promote it on Instagram every week or, you mm -hmm. know, highlight products. The other part of our store that made it really great was we pulled from other local farms around us. Mm. Um, we pulled from other like vendors that we really liked, even vendors from the market. Um, we've sourced eggs and um, mushrooms from LJ Mushrooms and bone yeah. broth from Grateful Pastures and um, a good gut feeling does this wonderful sweet potato hummus. So just different things that we really love. We wanted to introduce into the store as well as a lot of like some herbal extracts and elixirs, some homeopathy. And I think yeah. some of the feedback we got was that people, especially being out here, you know, an hour out of the city, that customers were really excited to have kind of a one-stop shop yeah. for their wellness needs so they can get their food, yeah. but they can also get their fire cider, or their elderberry elixir, or their homeopathic remedy um and connect with us on that as well yeah yeah it's sort of like a um you know because some of those things you mentioned that's part of why you enjoy going having a market experience is is and even during i think especially during the pandemic you know being masked being safe but still like oh my gosh you're seeing someone other than your you know partner or children that you that were so limited in our social social interactions but it's so nice to have some connection like that, especially over food and healthy food, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think, I know I now can't wait to place an order and come out and, and walk around and see the high tunnels. And that sounds like such a wonderful little escape, you know? I'm so glad y'all are doing that. And, and I think it's interesting too, as another element of like, you know, the pandemic has really, forced folks to do some things that maybe they were thinking about, whether it's opening an online store, you know, having online buying options. And two, I know one of the you know, hot topics um, pre-pandemic was agritourism and, and encouraging people to go to their local farms and, you know, where they're open and where the farmers are, are willing, you know, welcome people onto the land, let them see what's happening. And that's such a powerful, I would say if, I guess to use a marketing term, but like a conversion tool to like really get people to understand what they're buying and the value of the food that y'all are producing. And especially too, with some of the, the wellness remedies, um, the homeopathy, that's amazing. Yeah. 
that's really great. Really great. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One thing I know I wanted to ask about that I that I also recently saw on your social media was the Crystal Organic Farm Food Assistance Program. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you talk? Because you've created it. Well, we, I mean, it's something that has been near and dear to our heart for a long time. I mean, Nicholas, you've donated food. I mean, since you started right. to local organizations, yeah. food banks. Um, who was it in Atlanta that we Second worked? Helpings. Second Helpings in Atlanta. Oh, yeah. Every week after market, we would donate to them. They'd pick up from market. There hundreds of pounds. Yeah, tons of food. We right. would. He would yeah. sometimes harvest food just to donate to them. It went mm -hmm. to a local women's um, shelter nearby to the market. Um, and so since leaving the market, we've reached out to our local food banks, the local church. So we're donating food, but we wanted to have the opportunity to really um, offer it just from the farm to our local community, to people that are in need, and really try to keep it in our community. Um, because the local food bank was chart, what I mean, they were serving like, what, 800 families yeah. wow. know, like a week or something. Wow. Um, so we don't realize how fortunate we are to and, and I think we do realize but also sometimes maybe we forget that there are people that can't even put food on the table and yeah. um, and that's such a privilege that we cannot think about that because it is happening and so in our community I think that's where we just really wanted to you know have the opportunity to serve and to connect with those people that and families and people that are in need um, it's solely just us just donating food you know we don't have any grants or anybody helping us, but since um, launching it, it's really a, just a couple weeks in, we've had other um, producers reach out to us about donating food as well through our program. Yeah. Like one woman that has organic eggs wants to donate like 60 dozen a week or something, you know, she's local to our community. And so um, that was really cool to see other people want to get on board with it. Yeah. Um, we're trying to spread the word more um, and figure out ways to get it, the word out more. Sure. Yeah since it's very much in its, you know, beginning stages. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, great. Well, I'm glad we're able to talk about it here. I'll certainly include the, um, some of the, some more information in the show notes as well to make sure folks can, can have access to that. Well, yeah, thank you. Actually, yeah, it's fantastic. Thank you. For, I'm, I'm grateful for y'all for doing that and for considering that. I know there's been plenty of hurdles to be meeting and addressing, but to also keep in mind those that, like you said, those that can't even put food on their table, I think is incredible. Um, and when you I mean, I, I personally get more joy out of giving the food away than obviously mm -hmm. I have to make money, but I truly, it really feeds me when, when yeah. we just give the food and people are, you know, it's like, oh, this is great. Thank you so very much. There's just so much, uh, it feeds me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And a little detail on that, if somebody is in need or they know of someone in need, they can just simply visit the website, they can shoot us uh -huh. an email, even a message on social media, um, it's crystalorganicfarm.com, um, we're Crystal right. Organic Farm on Instagram, and so it's completely private. Um, and what we'll do is just kind of talk to you about what size family you have, or if it's just you, and we'll make you, you know, a veggie produce bag for the week that can feed you or your family and you'll pick up and just like anybody else picking up a farm store order with your name on it, nobody knows that it's, mm -hmm. you know, if you'd like to keep it private and then some people are sensitive yeah. to that. So, um, that's just kind of the gist of how it works. But. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's key right now, right? Is, is also make sure, making sure that folks. Um, a phrase that I heard, I was, I was doing an interview with the Forsyth Farmers Market team in Savannah, and they had a really amazing just sort of motto, which is solidarity, not charity. 
And I think that's so important. It's not, it is a charitable act to, to make sure and be very intentional about donating whatever product you can, but also it just shows that this is an impossible year and, and we have to stay connected as a community and, and help our friends in need without it seeming, you know, I think there can be a, a, a privilege <laughs> a privilege connotation to charity, but, but showing solidarity and just providing whatever people need. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. yeah. I like that. And I, and you know, you never know when any of us will be in need as well. And I yeah. think, yeah. um, I love the idea too, if someone is not comfortable with accepting food, well, maybe they have a service they want to barter for. Maybe they want to mm -hmm. come volunteer on the farm. Like maybe, and maybe people are in that position and that's great too. So we're open to, um, whatever that looks like for people. So yeah, yeah. Well, and, and either way, it's encouraging relationship and connection, which which we all certainly need right now, especially. So, mm -hmm. well, something I'd like to sort of as we round out our discussion, um, Nicholas, I just I, I'm so grateful for your knowledge and longtime experience doing this. And, you know, we're trying to really emphasize uh, at the end of the year with Georgia Organics, our, our message is stay local. And it's stay local, you know, throughout the rest of the pandemic, because this is when farmers most need our business and, and we most need healthy food. But beyond that, and, and I think what I'd love to hear from you, just so folks understand, is why do you do what you do? You've been doing it a very long time. Why do you keep doing it? Um, what is what is your why when it comes to farming well okay <laughs> um, so um well one of the things is i was raised on organic food so mm -hmm. my mom from a very young age she would she would she was committed to organic mm -hmm. and so are we actually i mean it's we've known plenty of farmers that are growing organic food but they personally maybe not be totally committed to the the organic aspect of food, but we truly are. This is what yeah. we, and I grew up that way. My my kids grew up that way, and so it, it's it's where I choose to spend my dollar. Where we choose yeah. to spend our dollar is on quality organic food, which we all know is is a bit pricier than you know regular mm -hmm. conventional food that that has you know that yeah. comes from who, who knows where and whatnot. So um, it's. Um, and so it's something that we're totally committed on. And I think it's, it's something that, that is just, um, I just remember being 16 years old, 17 years old, and a woman down not far from the farm had a Christmas tree farm. And I would help her in the summertime get the Christmas trees ready. Mm -hmm. And I just remember after a long, hot, warm, hot day, I should say, it wasn't warm, it was really hot, yeah. <laughs> uh, working there. And I just remember it's the story that just that comes back to me every so often. I remember closing the gate after a long day, and looking outside the work I had done, and it I, it was it felt just very gratifying. Yeah. And, uh, and that kind of that's that stayed with me. It definitely came back to with, to me later on in life because then also wanted to be in business, wanted to make money, and you know it, farming wasn't necessarily what you know what I wanted to do. But as, as, as soon as I started, when I started, even though very small, it, it's, uh, it's, it's worked for me. It's been, uh, it's, it's always, I've always had faith that the farm will take care of me. And it always has, even though we had plenty of moments where things weren't going very well or, or um, the weather wasn't right or it got really cold or you name it, tornado coming through, just plenty of, uh, plenty of crops that failed. I mean, you name it. Um, and yeah. so 
during this whole time, I really always had this faith that I, I will be taken care of. Yeah. And I always have. Um, and then also I had two young boys and they, they grew up on the farm and that also fed me a lot mm-hmm. by seeing them growing up and growing the food and eating the food and working with me and, and just, um, just giving them that. Uh, it, it's really, um, yeah, I mean, that's really kind of the reason why. There's been, you know, there's been plenty of moments where I ask myself, why am I doing this? Yes, I'm sure. Uh, why did I decide to do this? I could have done so many other things where I wouldn't, you know, have. Um, but it always comes down to there are more moments than not where I'm just very grateful. And, mm. and uh, I think it's hard to really imagine. I think people do it when they do it. But, but um, I mean, just seeing a butterfly that you had never seen before uh, yeah. it's pretty magical or seeing a storm clouds come in or seeing a very, very, ha- uh, very, uh, very heavy rainfall uh, or, or um, experience, experiencing uh, the crops when it's seven degrees outside. Mm. I mean, all those things, even though it's not fun to, ex- you know, to be in that moment and the crops may not really like it, just to experience that, I, it feeds me, uh, the yeah. good and the bad. Um, and so... Um, and also the relationship that we've had many, many people work on the farm with me and with Jenny. Now we have a great staff and over the 20 years, 27 years, I've had some wonderful people help me. Mm-hmm. Just those relationships, they feed us. And, um, I think a big thing that's feeding me now is just, uh, this, this thing, uh, the medicinal herbs that we want to uh, increase, uh, in, in production. Yeah. Uh, so vitally important. I think this pandemic really shows how vitally important it is. And, uh, and just uh, most of our medicinal herbs in this country are being imported mm-hmm. and come from mm-hmm. Croatia, from China, China uh, and there's such a demand. And so, uh, you know, just a little bit that we've done and what Jenny has learned and researched, it's, it's something that, um, that we really want to improve on and in- increase our production. In. And uh, I'm really excited by seeing a lot of young farms and small farms, urban farms, young people really are into this. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we're all growing radishes and we're all growing tomatoes and we're all growing lettuce. Yeah. Uh, and so you have to be, you have to think ahead a little bit. And, uh, and so that's something that I've, I feel like I've been fairly fortunate in, in, into doing is just thinking ahead a little bit. And, yeah. uh, and so I feel like that's, uh, I, just like Jenny said, we should all be growing our own medicine because it's all mm-hmm. outside. It's all out there. Um, but uh, doing it, you know, in production-wise and selling it and drying it is a different story. But um, yeah, yeah, so those are really the. I know it's a long answer to your questions, but the, it's a big the question. Why, I guess, yeah, <laughs> I guess the why is right here. It's in the hands. Yeah, but, yeah. The hands. I can't not see myself do anything else. Yeah, to be honest. So yeah, yeah. Well, and and you know, I was about to ask too. Any advice that you would give for for you know newer farmers? Um, I think just personally, what I've what I've definitely picked up on from y'all is you do seem to have such a great sense of forethought of like, okay, you know, rolling into these growth moments of saying, okay, we're gonna we're gonna trim back on restaurant sales and amp up, you know, working with fresh harvest or garnish and gather. We're going to continue growing the staples, but we're also going to get into growing some of these, you know, wellness, medicinal, you know, very um, important sort of value add components that we can also offer our customers. We're going to move from the market to bringing people to our, to our place. So I don't know, just, I I admire y'all's 
I think that's such, it's such a crucial business trait is just always looking ahead and always rolling with that. But any other advice that you would have for, for younger farmers or maybe folks that, maybe folks like, like you and, and myself, I was an international affairs major at Georgia and I quickly realized, all right, I don't want to be a lawyer. I don't want to put on a suit and travel nonstop. I want to do something meaningful. Any advice for those folks looking to, to get into farming? Well, you know, I, I have plenty of advice. Um, yeah, sure. the, the advice would kind of be different depending on the, where they are in their, their farming practices. I think if somebody has been farming for a while and has the experience, I think uh, just really working on quality of life and making sure you have time for yourself, mm -hmm. enjoy mm -hmm. some of some of life travel, see other things than just your um, your farm, yeah. um, because you could truly get you could truly get just get into a mode of of uh, of overwhelm in a hurry. Now, if yeah. it's somebody that that is thinking of farming, usually the advice I have is just like um, you know research it well, go visit farms, yeah, go volunteer, just make sure that this is this is something that you, you understand what you're getting yourself into because sure. this is really hard work, not necessarily physical work, although that's part of it too, but you have to deal with the elements. You have to deal with mm -hmm. so many other things that, that you don't even think about. Just, just as an example is that you can have a, just plant a beautiful tomatoes in, in June and then a week later you have a, a three, four inch thunderstorm come through and your beautiful tomatoes are not so beautiful anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, um, and then, you know, you've spent a lot of growing tomatoes. It's, it's, it's an investment yeah. and your investment just got washed away. And, uh, and it, it's, um, those type of type of things that you have to be able to like, you know, be okay with. And it's, um, yeah. and so those are kind of advice. Um, I mean, there's so, when I started, there wasn't much information out there. There was, mm -hmm. there was Goga and there was, um, what was it called after Goga? Um, it was called something else. I can't remember. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. um, but they, you know, there wasn't Georgia Organics as it is today. Um, yeah. There was not a farm service uh, component of Georgia Organics. Mm -hmm. There was not. And so you have so much more avenues now to learn and to, to get um, educated about uh, what it really means. But that's yeah. typically, and I also tell people to take it easy, take it slow. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of a business where you can easily get in debt and all the equipment, everything can be very expensive. Yeah, and and working and and being in debt is not fun, because yeah. um, you you know there's there's a couple of good years and then before you you know it yeah the next year is not so good and you have so it's it's really just to take it step by step baby steps is what I call it. Yep, absolutely. And just grow grow uh, grow with your market. There's so many opportunities out there. Yeah, there really are. So yeah. That would be the advice. Any other final final thoughts? I, I know I want to make sure we we don't end without um, Jenny. If you could give us kind of the rundown of where to find y'all, your farm store, um, social media, things like that. But but yeah, anything we might have missed? Anything you want to? Any final thoughts or feedback? <laughs> um, well, I'll say I think just from the medicinal herb perspective. Yeah. Um, a lot of these herbs, they're weeds, and there's some weeds that farmers in the South want to get rid of, like yellow dock. Very yeah. medicinal root, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Harvest that yellow dock, don't throw it out, use it. Um, a great digestive support. So 
Um, these, you know, these plants, they want to grow. They don't yeah. need a lot of nurturing like a tomato or something. Um, and, and they're essentially weeds. And so anybody can grow those in containers in your house, mm -hmm. on your porch, in your backyard, um, you know, a community garden. And there's something really powerful about growing these plants and then making your own medicine and your teas or your tinctures or your oils from them. Um, medicinal honeys, medicinal vinegars, like herb vinegars we do. There's something really powerful about making your own medicine cabinet wow. at home. And everybody can do that. And especially in these times, I think maybe we're looking for alternatives to the traditional medical system. And I think um, that's one way to kind of get, you know, get in a little bit, get your feet wet. And they're, like I said, they want to grow. So grow yeah. some medicinal herbs. I'm happy to um, help or we are. You can come see our herb garden. You can message us with questions. Like we're happy to help. Um, Nicholas does consulting as well. Um, so oh, we're that's happy. great to know. Yeah. Yeah. And all that's on our website. So I'll mention that too, I guess. Yeah. Um, since you mentioned it. So it's crystalorganicfarm.com. On the home page, there's a button that says shop that will take you to our farm store. Um, the farm store is open Sunday through Wednesday. Pick up from the farm is Friday or Saturday. Um, it walks you through on the store to you know, schedule your pickup day. It's very, um, very easy to navigate is what we've been told and I find it that way. Um, okay. Social media, Facebook's Crystal Organic Farm, Instagram's Crystal Organic Farm. Those are all linked from the website too. Um, yes. Thank you. And we'll be sure to I'll include those in the show notes as well. And honestly, Penny, I would love to have just a full on another interview with you just to talk about the, the um, wellness and, and herbal pieces, because I think it's so important. And yeah, I think it's vital. And I'm so glad y'all mentioned that that's something too, that, that especially younger or newer farmers should also really consider growing. And even the at home gardener, I think it's so true. We, we can't forget those, the good stuff. And get out of the supplement aisle and just go to the garden. <laughs> That's right. That's, That's true. Right. Very That's true. Totally true. Yeah. Well, we're, I'm so grateful for y'all. Thank you for joining us today. And um, I'll be sure, like I said, to include all the ways to find y'all and shop from y'all in the, in the show notes, but I look forward to, I look forward to seeing y'all soon. I'm going to be out there. I'm going to fill up an online cart and just come explore. <laughs> yes. Please, please do. do. We'd yeah. love to have you. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you both so much, and and um, we're we're recording this pre-holidays, so I guess it won't technically be still the holidays, but happy holidays! <laughs> thank you, thanks for you having well. us. Thank you. That's our show for today. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you continue to listen and subscribe to stay tuned for more conversations in Georgia food. As always, we encourage you to stay local and support your local farmers and community food leaders. We'll take you out with a bit of a blooper and some joking with Chef Deborah Vantrese and Howard Burke. Because whoever said Zoom glitches can't be funny. <laughs> Thanks again, stay well, and stay local. I think she froze again. Yeah, she froze again. <laughs> that sounds tricky. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> sounds like she's been eating the wrong mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> the right one, baby. <laughs> Maybe at the wrong time of day <laughs> 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 for a big interview. <laughs> <laughs>